Hey, good morning, everybody. Jared's already making fun of me. Welcome to AV Daybreak. He wanted me to be smooth in rolling out the title. Was that okay? Did I say it all right this morning? It sounded natural. It sounded like you were born to say it. That sounded like I was born to say it. Usually not. I don't know why I have such a, I don't know why daybreak is such a tongue twister for me in the morning. Maybe we, maybe we picked too tough of a title. Yeah. I think we just need like a UG. Welcome to UG. Like AV thing. Welcome yeah. to AV thing. Welcome to that AV thing. That AV thing. That AV thing you do. That AV thing you do. It almost sounds like a, uh, um, like a Nickelodeon show. Yes. Well, like that's so Raven, that yeah. AV thing. You know, yeah. you know what I think it is, is, is that it's AV and then daybreak and AV are kind of two hard sounds together. And most of the AV things that I do, the AVs at the end. So I have se like selling AV, talking AV. I think it's easier to throw the mm. AV at the end than it is to transition from an AV to another word. I'm just making excuses now. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if that's true because all the hashtags that you see all the time are always like AV fashion, AV tweets. Yes, you know, but, but we're typing them. AV I, fitness. How many times do you go, hey, AV tweets? Like, are you shouting I that do. out or you're typing it? I, I do. When I'm like driving down the street and I see like other people that are doing something AV, I'm just like, hey, what? What's up, AV tweets? You go to a job site, your technician, your technicians are pulling wire. You're like, what's up, AV tweets? Yeah, no gang signs, please. No gang signs. What's up, AV tweets? You cat so, five uh, pulling. Yeah, yeah get cat five. Who's pulling cat five now? Come on. I don't know. You're, you're showing your age, Mark. Cat five, e, cat six A. Sorry. Did whatever happened to cat seven? What, weren't we supposed to get cat seven? Are we? Is anybody pulling cat seven? Okay, so my understanding, I do actually, I do actually have a bit of knowledge on that. I think I do. Okay. Because um, I had to look into it one time for some for some strange reason. Um, my thoughts are, or my understanding is that Cat Seven was developed and when it was used, but by the time that happened, Cat Eight was already like in production and and moving, and so everyone's like, we're just gonna skip Seven, we're gonna jump to Eight, and so Seven just went the wayside. That's my understanding. I don't know where I read that. Um, it's possible you might have to look that up on Snopes. So, right? so Cat Seven is kind of like Windows Nine. Seems to have gone right from Windows Eight to Windows Ten. Like Nine was lost somewhere there in the middle. Or do you remember like the ME? There was like Windows ME, and then there was Windows Two Thousand. Yeah, yeah, I say, yeah. Uh, which one? I think it was ME. ME was the crash so, and burn, right? Yes, ME was the home version. Mill Windows Millennium, right? And that was like, it was terrible, right? So, Home version. I was only six when that came out, so you know. Yeah, I might have been a little older. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was a little bit older than that. Well, you know, this morning, we we have the opportunity, Jared, to get a really special guest on our show. Because you know, you always name drop. You know, you name you name drop every week. You name drop somebody. Um, who I think you're, you know, you're quite a fanboy of. And I'm just going to brag and say, you know, I'm kind of on like, we could call this guy basis. And why not just try to get him on the show? I think we're probably on a first name basis for sure with him. I probably don't even have to mention the last name. We could just like, I think he calls me Jared, um, which is an endearing name. And I call him Christopher, which shows that we're best friends. 
I so agree. yeah, I mean, and and obviously we have his number, so we should. Yeah. Well, let's see if yeah, we let's can. Go. Let's see if we can get Christopher, whose last name will will remain a mystery, um, on the phone because I told him I told him you know I, I told him we'd call. Let's see if we can get him here. Okay. He's ringing. I think he might be picking up Jared. If he does, I'll not picking up Jared. No, I think he might be picking up his phone. <laughs> Are you there, Chris? You've reached Chris Meadow. Please oh. leave your name, number, and a brief message, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. Have a well, great. Well, that's rude. Hold on one second. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press one we'll, for we'll more options. Okay. Hey, Chris. It's uh, Mark and Jared. AV Daybreak. Um, I thought up, I, I thought we had an agreement that we'd be on the show today. But anyways, if you get this in the next few minutes, Jared and I are going to be talking. Um, love to have you back. And, He's probably uh, running. He's running. He, he might be. Um, anyways, give us a ring when you get a, when you get a chance, Chris. Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so that was... That was weird. I, I thought he said he'd pick up, but maybe he didn't answer. Maybe did you ch check the ca check the calendar invite? Maybe he. You know what's it's it's frustrating when people are unreliable like that. You know. No, no, I no. He, he and I are tight, so I know that you know. I know that if he had seen that it was me, he would have picked up. What does your voicemail? So so we went so so our company we just changed uh, phone providers the other day. Yes. Okay. Uh, which happened to be uh, a Monday. And um, so we all had to reset our voice, like our personal voicemail greetings. And it was interesting because I'm so, is it lame that I looked up scripts? Because I, I, I didn't even want to put the energy into coming up with my own voicemail greeting. <laughs> I just looked up, I just looked up clever scripts or, or quick business scripts. So what, what is, I'm interested to hear what yours says. What my but my yeah. business cell phone says like my what if yeah so so, my cell phone? so if I call the office of Mark Coxon and and you don't answer I mean obviously you would because it's me calling but if if you didn't if you didn't if 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 the caller ID didn't come up what would it say what does your voicemail message say is it clever well first of all I, I need to add your name into my phone because every time we text back and forth it says maybe Jared Hillman it probably says Canada thinking, and I'm like. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, that might be it. iPhone says that maybe Jared Hillman. I'm thinking it really is. Yeah. It, it just says maybe. maybe, maybe Jared. I need to actually add the name into the system. Um, yeah. And and sometimes it no, just says, it just says maybe and your phone number. This may be three a three oh six phone number trying to. Text There's me. no guarantees anymore. <laughs> but no, what do you do? You have a clever voicemail? Is yours? I don't. I don't have anything clever. I mean, I try to get straight into the point. So the the few times that I've had something more clever, yeah, or something more instructive, people always razz me and say, "Man, to get through your, your voice, it takes a minute and a half to get through your voicemail greeting, right?" So people want quick and efficient. Like if they can't get you, I just want to leave a message and get off the phone. I don't. I don't care. Like right. So for me, what I have is you know. This is Mark Coxon with Tangram Interiors. Sorry that I yeah. missed your call. There's the there's and the that's key. it. And then you know, if you could leave me a message with your name, phone number, and reason for your call, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. That's it. Because some people forget to leave the reason for their call. 
for some reason. I don't know if they forgot why they called or they just don't want to tell you. It's kind of like a mystery. I want them to call me back or the mystery. Or they assume, uh, you know, because they're like, why else would I be calling? But other than this project that is your only concern right now. Correct. So I always, I always like to get that reason for your call in there just in case if they actually are listening at that point, maybe they will leave a reason for the call. But those are really the things that that's all that I leave. I've had some before that give people extra numbers like for support. And if you need somebody it's right away, waste. call here. Or, yeah. And then they're like, well, Mark. And I'm like, well, don't you know that you can just press like star or pound and it'll bypass the message and just let you leave a message. You don't have to listen to two minutes every single time. So then I had a message for a while that said to bypass this message, press star. I was just going to ask. So did you add that into your message? I, I did, but then it was even, it was 15 seconds longer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's you know, what's fascinating is that even like when I was looking up, when I was looking at the scripts, it was like all the scripts had leave your name, number, and a brief message of why you called and I'll be sure to return your call or whatever. And it, I just was thinking about that. And I was like, do we, do we really still have to tell people, Hey, leave your name and <laughs> leave your name and number. Like to you me, do. it's like, you do. Unfortunately like, you do. I have had people just call and be like, Hey, call me back when you get a chance. Those people, I mean, I, I want to, those people amaze me. I would, <laughs> Like that's got to be, that's just an interesting, a whole new interesting level of person where you don't leave your name and number. You don't leave a reason. Like you are sure, like the, uh, I don't know if it's confidence or arrogance, but you know when you're calling that person and you don't leave your name, number, or the reason you're calling, is that confidence or arrogance? Like if it's your wife, I mean, you call your wife, you don't leave your, <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, Leslie, it's, uh, it's Mark calling. Um, my number's X Y Z. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, call, calling, I'm because calling because I'm standing you're my in wife. the. Yeah, I'm, I'm standing. I'm standing in the in the in the dairy aisle at the grocery store in a camera. Which brand you told me to get? <laughs> call me back. Yeah, that's an interesting. I mean, it, it's definitely an interesting method to just say, "Hey, this is Bob, call me back." And I know I know some people do that that are cold calling, and they've been taught to do that. Um, oh yeah. You know, like they, they're doing a business call and they don't want to say who they are, who they're with. So here's a, here's a funny thing. You know, I used to have to do that for a job. Um, cold call. That was like, like that. part of your, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. So, so I'm, I'm about to embark on some cold calling tips on selling I, a, selling AV. Yeah, that was a good lead way. I, I, I wanted to take a, I, I was going to bring that up actually, because I, I find that really interesting cold calling. Yeah, and everybody wanted to take exception to the word cold calling. In today's world, we shouldn't have cold calls. The calls are warm at best because you can do research on the internet and all that kind of stuff. And I agree with that 100%. Like, but at some point, it's the first call to somebody. It just is. At some point, it's your first Yeah, the cold call is like a chronological reference, right? It's like... Yes. Or it is either way, a cold call to me is like an unsolicited call. Yeah, you're calling somebody who doesn't know you're calling and you, and, and you haven't talked to them before. Right. And so do all the research you want. It's not that you're, it's not a blind cold call. Yeah. 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 I agree. I, I would agree with that. I think that would be, I think that would be irresponsible to make a blind cold call, but a call is still cold. So, so you had, you had to make that, you had to, you had to call and say, Hey, it's Mark. <laughs> hey, it's so, Mark. Call me back. <laughs> so get, so get this. So this was, this was in 2000. So this, you said you were born in 2000. I think you just said a second ago, but um, <laughs> I think that's what you told me. Yeah, I don't know that that's true, or, but I think you said take, something about that. Give or take. Um, so 
in this, yeah, so this was in 19, yeah, this was in 2000. So in 2000, um, I worked for a company in Tempe, Arizona, and I'm even going to say the company. I don't care. I don't care. I don't even think they're around anymore. Um, the company was called Specialty Graphics, yep. and Specialty Graphics sold. You're a business owner, Jared. Do you have pens with Hillman AV on them? I just play one on TV, but do you, um, yes. Do you, have, do you have refrigerator magnets? No. No, no magnets. No. I have the magnets. pens. Do you have Do you have like the letterhead and all? The, you have all those things, right? Stationery. So, exactly. So specialty graphics printed business and promotional items. You know, that's what they did. Yeah. Yep. yep. So this is this was this was how the system worked. So there was there was no there was no time. You want to talk about a blind cold call? This is what you did. <laughs> you came in, and you sat down at a desk. And when you sat down at that desk and you logged into your phone, the computer started dialing phone numbers. Yeah. They, and that, that's a thing. That's all it did. So you sit down, you log into your desk and your screen, your DOS screen, like your, your very, not a windows, not a windows based program, Jared, this screen would pop up and it would say right now, you know, Jim, you're looking for Jim Anders, at Midtown Pet Store, at Midtown Pet Shop, and it's yeah. ringing. That's it. That's all you got. You got Jim Anders, like, Midtown Pet Pet Shop, and it's ringing. That's very it. like Glen Gary, Glen Ross style. Oh my goodness! And when you're talking about scripts, you started scripts. So you you want to yep. you want to combine cold calling, like real blind cold calling, with a script. Oh, oh let with me tell automated you. scripts. Let me let me tell you about how beautiful how beautiful this place was. <laughs> So you sit there and it rings and you get the receptionist that answers the phone, right? Yep. And you're talking to the receptionist and the receptionist says, who would you like to speak to? And I'm like, I'm looking for Jim Anders. They said, oh yeah, who is this? And you say, it's Mark. With confidence too. Like you say With, it like, hey, oh, it's Mark. You, oh, don't worry about it. It's Mark. Yep. And then they yeah. say, Mark who? <laughs> and you go oh it's mark coxon yeah and they go okay mark coxon with and this was the key we could not say our business name to the receptionist because okay. if the receptionist asked you not to call yeah they're the gatekeeper right yes yes but legally if they asked you not to call their business again not to solicit them they could make a formal complaint if you start calling their business again, wow. if you don't get through. So if I don't get through, so I'm not allowed to tell anybody until I get through to Jim Anders. Yeah. If I get yeah. through to Jim Anders, Jim Anders can know I work for specialty graphics, but they would say the receptionist does not get to determine whether we go on a do not call list or not. That was their methodology. <laughs> and so when oh, they man. said with who you said, we do specialty work for the industry. That's what you would say. So, so you've been doing cold calling. Like you, you've, you've had to do cold calls for a while now. Oh my like goodness. So like, yeah. So we did this. So this was what we did. And then most of the time they wouldn't let us through because you didn't say who you were with. And so what you did is you hit Z on your computer keyboard, which hung up the call and recycled the number so that somebody else would call it again later. So until somebody got to Jim Anders, the computer was going to find him once every three days in the system and try to get him into this campaign. So if you did get to Jim Anders, even better, Jared, even yep. better, you, you talk about the script. That was the script to there. Just wait, just wait. This is like, 
So once there. you okay, so now you're now you're okay. So, so you're now I get gatekeeper. So now I get Jim Anders, and we're talk about yep. we'll talk about um, sales one one. You talk about like Glen Gary, Glenn Ross type of sales. So their yep. sales their sales methodology was this: ask a question, make a point, drop the price. This is what you. <laughs> This is what you started to do as you went through the call. And they had preset questions, right? So okay. you would say, hey, we're, you know, I'm Mark Cox and we do specialty work for the industry. We do, um, you know, we print business items for you. You do business pens and stationery. Hey, right now we're doing 100 pens for 10 bucks. How many can I send you? I don't really need any pens. Hey, you heard of the IRS? Jared, let's, let's do this. You're Jim Ann. I'm, I'm calling Jared Hillman. Jared, Jared, yes. I do specialty work for the industry. I got 100 pens for 10 bucks. How many do you want? Very good now. Um, I mean, I don't want any. Have you heard of the IRS? Of course I have. Well, what you a, know what? what a preposterous question. I, I'm, I'm sitting on a whole bunch of these things, and I'd rather lose money to you than have to pay them on this inventory. So let me do this for you. I'm going to set them up just like this, Jared. Jared Hillman, Hillman AV, yep. Regina, Canada. Yep. You want 100 or 400? That's your closing question, by the way. Your closing question is 100 or 400? <laughs> 100 or 400. I like it. And then, of course, you say no. I'll, I'll let you off the hook. You say no. Yeah, guess, no. No, and I'm I, good. And I ask, you ever heard a word of mouth advertising? And, of course, you say. Of course I have. I'm exactly. not an idiot. Hey, that's, but that's exactly how this works. I'm going to set them up just like this. Jared Hillman, Hillman AV, Regina, Canada. <laughs> What's your zip code for shipping? That's your closing question, by the way. What's your zip code for shipping? Oh, <laughs> and, you man. Say, and you say, okay, now here, here it is. You've made it this far. You've made it this far. Question three, this is my favorite question out of all of the questions. And this is usually where people would hang up on me after yep. question three. <laughs> so question three is, are you from Louisville, Kentucky? And, or is, if you and really know that... how it's said, are you from Louisville, Kentucky? And is that like um, a, a real question? Is that question tailored to where they're actually from? Nope. Are you from oh. Louisville? Are you from Louisville, oh. Kentucky? Jared, are no. you from Louisville, Kentucky? No, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from Indiana. Oh, man, because it sounds like you got some horse trading blood in you. Let me tell you what I'm going to do for you. Oh, this, what, what year are we talking here? <laughs> 2000. So uh, to tell this you is, This is the year 2000? Like I'm picturing, I'm picturing like Mad Men. Like that's, I'm thinking this is like the 60s, 70s. Like, dude, I did this. I did this for 26 days before I quit this job. <laughs> this was that I lasted a month is, is all I lasted doing this. But you would do this on these blind cold calls. And if you didn't follow the script, the guy next, like there was somebody who was a lead on each team who didn't have to follow the script. But if you actually had the business owner on the call, somebody was listening. And so once you had the business owner on the call, you had to be following the script and you weren't allowed to deviate from the script as you went through. And if you yep. did, somebody would grab the headset and if they actually bought something, they took the commission. So they'd be like, oh, Mark had to step away. This is Jim, blah, blah, blah. And they'd go through, they'd go. And if they made the sale, they took the money. So you're sitting there trying to, trying to find it. And every time you made a sale, you had to go spin the wheel, get up and, and now spin the wheel. You ring a bell, you yep. spin the wheel, and you see if you can like put a multiplier on your commission or maybe get like a, you know, a Whataburger gift certificate for lunch, you know. <laughs> I, I do remember, so I, I, I did work, when I, after I graduated high school, I worked in a call center okay. um, for 
for uh, AT&T actually. Yep. Um, and so they always had promos like all the time, right? Getting, getting, getting clients to upgrade to this package, change their phone plan, um, at getting this add on. And so what they did instead was, was they would come around and every time you sold one of the upgrades or what have you, they, they would give you a balloon, right? And so you have this huge open office of cubicles <laughs> and like a balloon would indicate, I mean, there was a bonus tied to it, right? So it was like, at the end of the day, you checked out with like how many balloons you had, right? And so, uh, yeah, so, but you would just look throughout this open office and, and there's like your, <laughs> there's like your competitive motivation is like, man, that guy's got eight balloons. I better, I better still have my game here. And like different color balloons would represent different things it was i don't know like it was it was kind of fun but um so the tactics that you're speaking to what's funny is like you see that translated into email now right and i I get i get emails all the time where it's like this is like the seventh email this guy has sent me and it's like jared i know you're busy but i want to make sure you don't miss out yeah exactly and and that's it's so funny to see that but it's it's cold emailing right so cold calls cold calls i I believe in them. I think they're important. I think there's value to them. Um, I think they have to be done right. And I, I'm, I'm interested to see what you come up with for, for tips on, on cold calling the right way, um, as per your opinion. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it all by doing it here. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely have some ideas. I mean, that, that job was not very, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a place that I had some creativity in cold calls. But right after that, I ended up working um, for uh, IBM Direct. And my job was, we had 60, I had to make 65 outbound calls a day, every day. So it's, and that's what two I was just going to say. Two IT was, managers. Was, yeah, those are quantity games. Like those are, you know what I mean? Like that's yep. a quantity game. Well, it was, the, the point was 65 dials. You had to either average 65 dials or three and a half hours of talk time. So if you had accounts that were accounts that took time and we're buying and we're, you were meeting your quotas because we had to ship 250 grand a month to keep our seat, right? Like if all those things were there, then as long as we were on the phone three and a half hours a day, then we would be okay too. So you could talk to three clients for three hours and, you know, go through back orders and those kind of things. And you could do it that way. Or if right. you didn't have a book of business that you had that ability yet, um, you know, you had to make these 65 outbound dials. But I think that's where we didn't have any scripts there. Thank, thank goodness. IBM was smarter than to try to give us a script and didn't make us ask people if they were from Louisville, Kentucky. But, <laughs> but uh, so we, we were doing, uh, we were doing that whole, we were doing that whole thing. But I, there is where I really found out, you know, how do I, how do I add value to someone or, or how do I not get thrown off the phone? I mean, IT managers, you know, great people, great people, some a little introverted. I don't know if you know that. Some of them are a little introverted and not really happy to be taking phone calls unsolicited from people they don't know. So sure, you're at a disadvantage as soon as someone picks up the phone. So um, anyways, yeah, I definitely have some ideas on it. I'll, I'll, I'll be sharing them and selling AV as they, as they come up. But I thought the interesting part was like everybody, there were some people said, yeah, I really want to know. There were some people said, well, there's no such thing as a cold call. And they wanted to get into the semantics of it. But yeah, the cold emails are funny. I had one the other day. I think I posted on Twitter. Um, I had one the other day. It started out with Alexa, double my business profits and increase my productivity. And then it goes into some explanation. And I, it is like, too bad that's not the way the world works, right? And I, oh, yeah, I yeah. responded to the guy and I said, hey, Alexa, unsubscribe. And that was my response to the email. So yeah, you get these people that try to be creative to get, you know, to get a read, which he did get a read, but he didn't get, you know, a callback. So 
I mean, I have seen some email tricks too, where it's like, like subject lines will be something like not eye catching in the sense that it's like clickbait style, but it's like, this must have fallen to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. you know, and you're, so you really wonder, like, I'm just looking through my email now and I'm just trying to see if, if I've received any recent creative ones, but it, it kind of makes you think about, you know, how your email automatically sorts junk mail from, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know non non junk like non junk non, mail non junk mail i guess and so what is that algorithm i i don't know because most of the email i get is probably junk like if you right. actually looked at the quality of what is in it <laughs> and then and then you have some like legit emails that end up in your junk mail and it's like like how are you determining this like how well, i just how had one the other i just had one this? the other day i i looked in my junk mail and you know what was in there um uh my Invita my uh, invitation, my confirmation that for CI Tech Summit in November, the total oh. tech, the total tech summit. Oh um, yeah, I, I don't know if you ever go to that, but uh, I, I wasn't. I, I am this year. Yeah, so I was, I was looking at you know I've seen it from the manufacturer side for years, but I was never you know when they were doing it, I wasn't on the integrator side. Um, I think maybe one year I was, mm. and so uh, this year I just reached out and I was like, hey this something I've always seen that was interesting. I mean, what's the process? And they're like, oh no, you're totally, you should totally come. So they sent me a, you know, the little commitment papers they want you to sign and everything that says if they, if they get you out there that you're going to come. Um, but it was in my junk and I'm like, oh man, I hadn't returned this. I need to return that. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to go. I mean, obviously with travel restrictions, but yeah, I think we, yeah, I, we'll I, I think that's the big thing, right? Cause I think it's November 9th through 11th. Um, is it in Cleveland? Is that? It is in Cleveland. So it's in Cleveland, Ohio. It, you could all, you couldn't drive. Could you, would they let you cross the border if you drove? I, I, I don't know if I'd be worried about getting in. It's getting out. Yeah. <laughs> getting be back. It's, it's, I'm sure I could get into the U S it's, it's coming back that Canada might be like, mm. so you're, you're, what you're saying is our standards are lower than yours. I think that's what you just said. Like they would let you in, but, but Canada 100% have it. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have traveled to the US at least three times in my life and I will tell you right now that I've always had a harder time getting back in than I have getting into and I don't know I, I don't know why that is to be honest I mean I I, I honestly don't um, but uh, yeah so the cold call the the cold call thing that that interests me I'll have to I'll have to keep an eye out for that what, what else what else do you have going on Ah, what do we have going? I mean, we're, we're fighting through trying to close a second quarter. You guys doing that? We're on our fourth. We're, we're, we're September 1st. We'll, we'll roll into our fourth quarter and then we'll, and then hopefully we'll, we'll go through that. We'll make it through alive. And then at the end, we'll look back and go glad that's over. You know. <laughs> well, I guess, and I guess I already misspoke. We're actually trying to close a, a, a third quarter because we are on the our calendar in our fiscal year are the same. That shows how COVID has screwed with me this year. But uh, yeah, we're just it's trying just to close one long quarter. second quarter. <laughs> it, it does feel like one long second quarter. It is still March, right? Like I feel what's like. The, what's the, what's the, what's the biggest challenge that you're finding? Like, what do you, people always, pe people seem to always be asking me this, like, you know, it, it's funny because every time you talk to a client that you haven't spoken to throughout COVID, guarantee your first, your first like seven minutes of conversation are all about, oh, how has, how, how has COVID been for you? You know, how is your business doing this? And maybe if it's included in, in what you're actually selling, you talk longer about it, but 
people always ask like, what, what are the challenges you're facing? So what would you, when people ask you that, what do you say? What do you say when, when people say, well, how has COVID treated you? Um, I'd say, as, a business, you know, as, as a business, as a business, it's been rough. I mean, yeah. you know, as a business, we, we, we as a business have a lot, a lot of, you know, unique challenges and without getting to, into too much mud or proprietary stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we're a furniture dealership plus a technology company plus a construction company. Um, construction was deemed necessary or essential business in California. So our construction team hasn't really let up, right? Like they're still yep. doing some TI work and some flooring and, and temporary, you know, walls and things like that within buildings and, and that work, any construction project that was under construction is typically moving forward because the money was already allocated. They've already got a loan. They have a finished date. They need to move. So, mm -hmm. you know, we have one section of our company probably hasn't changed at all, if not picked up a little bit in certain ways. Um, we had our furniture part of our company that, uh, you know, in certain verticals were great, like education and things. Those things have been fine. Um, but then we're dealing with, you know, we're dealing with multiple entities. So, you know, our furniture manufacturers out of Michigan, they had different rules than California and they got real strict yeah. and closed down their factories. Right. Um, then they tried to transition. So then, your, of, so then your product is back ordered. Yep. So we get back yeah. orders that double. Um, and then, you know, then they, they tried to do some of their unique supply chain things that people did. They have some capacity in Mexico to manufacture things. So like, well, let's manufacture some things down there if Michigan shut down. Well, Mexico has a different idea of what's essential business. So all these education customers that we have that we're trying to fulfill for, which is essential in the United States, pretty much um, education facilities, uh, Mexico doesn't deem education an essential business. So they transfer the stuff down there and then they go, who's it for? And you say, who's it for? And they're like, no, nope, we can't do that down here. So, you know, so we, we kind of dealt with, um, some international changes, which I know a lot of integrators did trying to source gear, right? There were some sure. supply chain issues on getting cameras or getting things off the of docks or getting things imported and exported. Um, yep. And so we also had that from a technology standpoint. So it was real hit or miss. I mean, it was this big if then loop, right? Like, okay, if it's essential business in California, is it essential business where they're manufacturing it or where they're shipping it from? If it is, you know, so yep. you had to kind of go through this whole hierarchy of, What's it for? Is it essential? Is it essential in all the territories that this is going to have to cross through to actually get it? Is it still on time? And then how do we adjust the schedule out the backside to make sure that when that stuff gets here, we can get in and do things? And what are their job requirements on site, right? So, you know, we have customers that still aren't back in the office that we have jobs lined up for that we're supposed to go in March and still haven't gone in August. Um, yeah. and we've got other customers who accelerated like education clients who said, well, none of our students are here, so we don't have to stop on August 2nd. Like we normally do. Let's just keep working. Let's get it going. Office. Yep. I think, I think that's been the biggest thing for when, when I've, when I've had the COVID discussion with people and I'm, and I am, I, I mean, I brought it up, but I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat tired of even talking about it because it's just, <laughs> it's, it, it's just so, it's just bizarre. I think that's my that's my summary of the whole thing. It's just bizarre because no one has a clue. And, and what I, what, what, what's interesting, I was just having this conversation yesterday with someone about masks and about um, all the protocols in place and, and, and how it's really creating challenges for, um, for, I guess the sales side really of our business. And I mean, the construction kind of has it down, but on the sales side, it's like, when I go to a site, 
you have to be like ready. Like if they require you to wear like a hazmat suit to come in, like you have to have that, but then you don't want to wear your hazmat suit, walk in there and no one's wearing anything because they're on the other side. Right. And so the polarized view of, of safety is, is, (laughs) is kind of crazy to me. You know, you have people that if they never had to go outside for until, until there was a, a vaccine, they wouldn't. And then you have people that are strutting around like, nothing's ever happened like it's just and, and this really makes it tough to deal with right because you don't know how to you don't know how to you have to gauge that with every client like yeah and i think that's i mean i yeah exactly we're, we're just in a spot where you have to do some deep evaluation every single time you got to be smart enough to, to know what you're going to need or what you potentially may need um i i think i think like what you said is really important so this is the really important thing is is that um the main, th- the main problem is there is no real, there is no real standard or protocol that everybody's following, right? Which makes it hard. No. And it, you know, yes. like from an AV standpoint, we know that, right? Like yes. <laughs> if there's no standard or protocol that everybody's doing, then you have 18 different ways that something can be done and you're not exactly sure which one needs to be followed. And I think that's the hardest part. And honestly, that's been the hardest part for um, customers or for, you know, the other companies that we interface with, and you probably experience the same thing is there's just no, there's no concrete go forward path. There's not like, Hey, if you're going to reopen, yeah. do these six things and that's all you need to do and you'll be fine. And they're really, from what I've seen, most of them are more worried. And I'm not saying companies aren't worried about their employees or that there's not real danger out there for, for health or any of, of those course. things. But what I'm saying is, you know, the HR department's job typically is to manage company liability, right? And so if there's, if there's any question about what they're doing may or may not be perceived in a court of law as not taking care of their people or their customers. Yeah, in the negligence. Right way, yeah. And now they could be held on the line for it. They don't want to do it. So without some, without some clear dictate from an authority or an authoritative source that says, Hey, we followed this authoritative source they yeah. said, do this, do this, do this. We did all of that. And this still happened. We're not negligent. Um, I don't think that that's, you know, going to let up anytime soon. So, you know, this idea of, of having some, some rote protocol, but I would also say this, who cares? Like, d- does your, is your, are your lights going to stay on if you don't go, if you don't go do work? No, so, like that. Yeah. 100%. So whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I mean, this happens to be this, but you know, in 2007, you know, everything changed with the housing market in 2001, when I was selling computers, you know, everything changed in September in 2001 and things Man, that's, went crazy. That, right. That's such an AV perspective. Cause like, like based on our, based on the conversation last week, it's like, it's like we're saying COVID COVID is the AV of viruses no standards, you know, everyone has a proprietary way of doing things. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows which way to go with systems or, 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 or viruses, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But, but you just have to pick one and go like, this is the thing. Like if we're waiting for somebody, I mean, honestly, like, like AV. Yes. If you were waiting for a standard on AV over IP to emerge before you decide to put signals on the network, you're never going to put signals on the network because it's not going to happen. Right. Man, look how we did that. Look how we took look how we, yes. Look how we took COVID talked about the well-being of everybody wrapped it around into standards, wrap that, wrap that around into AV over IP full circle. We're going to drive, 
we're going to drive people crazy. Full circle. But, but it's true, right? Like if we sit here and wait around and I, I put something like this on LinkedIn yeah. the other day, but you know, there's no such thing as post COVID. Like we are where we're I at. I know. Yeah. We, we are where we are. This, this is the reality that you run a business in today. Yeah. Comparing it to what, how you did things yesterday really doesn't matter unless you're evaluating how you're changing your process to adapt to today. That's the only thing that matters, but sitting there and saying, Oh man, I can't wait until we get to do X, Y, Z again is a bad strategy because number one, we don't know that we'll do X, Y, Z again. We probably will. The, the, the trend will probably be that we go back to a lot of the things that we were used to doing before because we're creatures of habit. But the longer we stay out, the more, the more the chance is that we don't return completely. Right. So we know just like with habits, habits last because we're doing them all the time. And the longer we can break that habit for an extended period of time, the better the chance is that we have to form a new one later. Are you right? saying, so, are you, are you saying that there isn't a new normal? Mark? Is that no, what you're saying? no, we're still in transition. There's no new normal <laughs> right now. We're fighting, we're fighting day to day and whatever that new thing looks like, it could be different tomorrow. You know, I mean, it, there could be a, what, what did somebody tell me today? Like we're one electromagnetic magnetic pulse away from like having to completely do something else, right? Like as a business, as a, as an industry, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So the, our biggest, I would say our biggest strength as AV people. So let me bring this back around, Jared. Let me do this to you. Here we go. Here we go. The very fact that AV is a wild west industry that doesn't have standards, that requires people to be able to create ad hoc solutions, to look at something very specific to a point in time and a, and a site or a problem that's being faced there and to determine and quickly create a solution for that on the fly. The very fact that that's the way our industry has thrived is the very, is the very thing that will make us successful if we decide to quit looking backwards and to just say, hey, I showed up to a job site I asked them to have these four things done. They weren't. I have to get this job done by Monday. Yeah. How does that happen? Because we all know people in our teams that do that every single day. Our good project managers, our good lead installers, they show up. The electrical's not there. Everything that was supposed to be there isn't there. The backing display isn't on the screen. <laughs> do they wait? Do they just yeah. stand there and say, well, until all the stuff I asked for happens, I can't move forward? No. They go, they grab six people, they have a round table, they see what they can do here. They grab this guy from that spot. They grab this girl from this spot. They go back through, they come up with a solution. They figure out a new go forward. And on Monday, something opens and they might have a little bit of a punch, but they get, but they get the job done and they move forward. And that's really, those are the skill sets that we have as an industry, just kind of mindset we have as an industry that if we applied that to thinking about, okay, where is the business at today? It's right. like our, it's like our strength is our, is our own weakness as well. Right. Cause we're, we're strong to our own detriment in being flexible yeah. um, and, and doing that. So what would you say? Like, like, I think that's easy for, for someone in my position, this is all easy, right? I, I can just look at the market and I can, I can take my, my company, you know, wherever, whatever direction I want to go. That's easy. What if you're not in a position of, how do you, how do you drive? How do you, and now it's, it's, I like this. I like the way this conversation is going. If you aren't in a position of, let's, let's just call it authority, I guess, or, or leadership. If you're not in a leadership position in your company um, and, and 
you don't feel like your leadership team is maybe taking you in the right direction or like, how do you, how do you create that pivot in your organization when you have minimal influence, we'll call it. So what would you expect? So this is the thing. So we all, I, I completely get, I completely get, you know what I'm you're, saying? A, you're a live events technician, let's say data industry has been decimated, right? You're a live events technician. Your company yep. hasn't decided to go to virtual events, which we talked about like on one of our shows, how some of them were able to do yep. that and some weren't right. Um, and then, and then, so if your company's not moving and you're reliant on the company, then how do you as an individual thrive in a, in a company that doesn't, isn't adapting, right? Yep. Um, and this all comes back to something that, you know, we did on the personal branding webinar with Avixa, Chris Neto and I, who was supposed to be here today. Thanks, Chris, for standing us up. Um, yeah. We, we, uh, Trader. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't stand <laughs> us up. He said, call me. I, I mean, I said, can we call you for ABD break? And he goes, he's like, I, I think he said maybe or something like that. And so I took that. I just, I'm just going to assume that he's, he was on a run. He was he on must a run. Been on a run. So this is he about was still running. This is about to bring it back. This is about transferable skills, right? So yeah. we really have to look at, okay, what have I done in my career? You go back and you go, what, and where was I really, really successful? What roles was I really, really successful in? Or what projects was I really a standout? Like you have to be able to be self-aware. Where was I really exceptional? Where did I really have some trouble? And you go back and you find where your strengths are. You find out what skill sets made those strengths happen. And then you take those skills and LinkedIn has a, LinkedIn has a lot of writing on this on what I'm talking about transferable skills. So if anybody has some there, really good content, LinkedIn, right? has yeah. Re yeah, LinkedIn actually truly does have really good content. They do. Uh, I know, mm -hmm. I know there's, you know, a lot of people bag on it sometimes for certain things, but let me tell you this. So if you are looking for transferable skills, type in that phrase, transferable skills um, in Google, and you'll find a whole bunch of LinkedIn data. And I even saw a study the other day that was talking about during this time, where have people done really well? Right. And they're saying like, um, you know, somebody who was a bartender, you know, actually makes a really good uh, oh, yeah. know, account executive for a company or somebody who was a waiter or a waitress actually makes a really good school teacher because they have patience and they're able to talk people through things and explain things well. So they take these, these industries that are suffering, hospitality, live events, those type of things, and LinkedIn, go find it. Uh, maybe we can post it, I'll find it, and we can post it in the, in the sure. description of the show or whatever. But it's the least we go, could do for people. Yeah, exactly, but they go through this list and, and so you find you, if you're in a certain industry or in a certain role, you have skills that are very transferable to these four or five other roles that are actually still out there hiring and thriving in today's economy. And we have to think about that. Like, I think we get pigeonholed sometimes. We think of ourselves or we define ourselves by what our title is within our company, but that's really not, it's really not who we are. Like there are some very specific skill sets that make us good at that job. And we've just done it for so long that we don't realize that those skill sets would make us really good in some other roles too. And I think we talked about this some with Murphy last week or, or two weeks yep. ago too, right? With does a technician always make a great project manager? Can't They can, and it helps they, to have technical know-how, but yeah. there are a whole bunch of skills that go into project management that you may not necessarily have to have to be a great technician. So it's all about transferable you know skills. And it's about looking, dude, it's about saying, I'm not waiting on the world to come back to me. Like it might not, like I have yeah. to take what I have and I have to put it to the best use. Like, and there's no reason you have to wait. 
Um, people are, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think I, I do see a lot of people that get like restricted by their own, like they live in their own box. Like I know everyone always says think outside the box, but, but quite realistically, a lot of people take their current situation or the environment they're in and they take it as like verbatim, if you will. It's, it's like, Oh, this is the world I live in. These are my restrictions. And that's the world they live in. Right. But one thing, one thing that you said that uh, I want to point out is um, do not take for granted the, the, the power of being truly self-aware like you, you just can't, I mean, I, and, and you, you've met people that claim to be self-aware and then when you do, you work with them or you see, or you do certain evaluations and stuff and you're like, dude, you, you have no idea, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. And then, but the, 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 the more, the more effort you can put into being self-aware yeah, and the power that can come from that uh, is just, it's just incredible. It's, it's, it's incredible. So, yeah. Well, there's a, there's um you know, there's a book called rewire your brain. Um, and I haven't read it all the way through to tell you the truth. I've read parts of it and I was, I was put onto it by somebody who was doing sales training, but they talk about, so you're only like half rewired. What? I'm only half rewired. I need to rewire my own brain. I actually need to, I need to take my own advice yeah. and get this book, but you pulled of, it all apart and now you can't put it back together. One of these things is saying that um, very much of what we do is, is based on how we define ourselves. Right. And like we're talking about right now, like I think of myself as X, Y, Z, and it creates this framework yeah. that we have a hard time breaking out of. Right. So like when we, when we, when we exercise, you know, like, or want to start exercising or something, it's like, Oh, I'm not a runner. Okay. So we're talking about AV fitness and all these folks, people be like, Oh, you know, yeah. that'd be cool, but I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. Okay. So you've, you've put this framework on yourself. Like, Oh, I'm yeah. not a runner. I don't do that. And there's nothing saying that you couldn't build up to that or do something or that you couldn't do things. So, and, and they talk about this idea of like, um, creating a kind of creating this new definition. Like I'm the type of person who wakes up early. I I've read, right? I've read, I've read books that talk about that where it's like, it's like basically, yeah. Imagine you are the person that you want, you want to become right. Atomic habits, I think is somewhat like that, right? Like you, you create these frameworks for yourself. I'm the type of person who doesn't let people walk on me. I'm the type of person who gets up early yeah. to make sure I get things done every day instead yeah. of waiting to the last minute. I'm the type of person that does this and creating these definitions of what you believe about yourself actually creates the behaviors later to actually execute on this framework that you've built. And I think, I think just going through you know, if you're stuck, if you're out there and you're, you know, it's been six months and you haven't been working and live events isn't coming back and hospitality's not coming back and movie theaters aren't coming back. And who knows if they'll come back in the same way that they were before. Um, you know, you really have to go, okay, who am I? What am I good at? And start creating those positive, those positive kind of definitions of who you are, what you do, and then finding people who value that. And I think if you do that, you can find a place to be, you know, have you, have you ever done your Kobe index? I have not. We keep talking about this. You know oh, what? Have we we have talked so, about it. Oh, okay. So let me say, let me say You need this. to do I, it. I think we've talked twice about the Kobe index. Do it. And enough talking. Okay. I'm going to have <laughs> So so I'll be I'll be completely vulnerable and honest here. Um I think I didn't do it cuz it cost money. I think that's why I didn't do it. Yeah, I mean you I can do it for it. it's funny. I didn't you invest in it. it. You can you can do it for free. Right. And then I think you have to pay for like, I think you have to pay like 70 bucks for the result, for the results. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I went. In fact, I think I might have even. It might have been one of these ones where you actually go through and do everything, and then at the end they ask you for the money, which is like I hate that. By the way, and you're just like, damn it. But okay, in all in all fairness, I I wouldn't I wouldn't ask of you to do it. I would at your at for for you specifically, I would say at your leisure, do it. But for everyone out there, um, if you haven't done a Kobe index, I really suggest you do it. And 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 here's why: it's because the thing I, I've done, um, what are they, what's the, um, the Myers-Briggs? It, yeah, it's the Myers-Briggs. So personality test. The thing I like about the Kobe index is the Kobe index is based on your like innate abilities. These are, these are what the Kobe index claims you cannot change about yourself, right? Personality can change based on um, experience, um, based on personal opinion changing, things like that. Your personality can adapt and evolve and change over life. But the Kobe index is supposed to identify kind of your MO. What do they call that? Your, 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 do you know what MO stands for? It's like your, your, yeah, your modus, your modus operandi. Yeah. And so it's your innate strengths. Yes. And what I like about it is like, it just, just to, I'm going to spoiler alert is when you do your, when you do the test and you get the, and then you get the results it tells you you got the perfect score. Everybody gets the everybody gets the perfect score because it's all about who you naturally are, right? But what I like about it is it goes through um, these four major sections, and it tells you how to play to your strengths and not buy into your weaknesses. So for me, for example, I am I work really well under pressure and I procrastinate, and so it it, it basically tells me. When I, when I'm scheduling myself out to do things, and this is going to sound crazy to people that are the opposite of me, schedule myself at last minute to get something done. Don't, cause if, if I try to schedule something a week ahead, let's say I'm working on a tender, uh, on a tender submission for me to schedule myself a week ahead to get that tender done, it's not going to happen because the way my brain is wired and the way that I process, I can, I will prioritize and I will procrastinate that item until the night before where I'll crash it out and I'll, and I'll do an amazing job. So it talks about trying, it, it just basically talks about trying to build your life so that you're not fighting against yourself, you know? And so, yeah, I just, and you create, I love it, man. Yeah. Well, you create failure points and all those kind of things too, right? So if I schedule it on Tuesday and I know it's not due till Friday and then I move it to Wednesday and then I move it to Thursday. And then like your mentally, guilt starts piling on. Yeah. Mentally I've taken yeah. a loss three times, like three times That's I right. took a loss as opposed to, the fact that I actually do really well doing it Friday night. I, I like that. And, and that's just, I, that's I like just that who, idea. and that's just who I am. You yeah. know, that's who I am. Yeah. And, and what's really cool actually for people that go and do it is once you do it and you get your results, they kind of give you like a title, like I'm, I'm an innovator, right. And whatever that means. And you can go on like audible and you can get, you can download the, the creator of the Kobe actually takes you through what it means to be an innovator and how to work best and at optimal um, capacity and then also how to work with people that are the opposite right so I'm not great at scheduling so far in advance because I just don't work that way but so I would drive someone else crazy yeah right and so it talks it tells you how to like work with that and stuff so it's I advise I mean if you if you can if you got 70 bucks and you can spare it I'll, I'll throw that up as a link but I suggest you do it. And it's just, it's really encouraging because everything that you think is a fault gets twisted and turned into, no, it's not a, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with being that way. It's just, it's who you are. 
here's how to work with it. You know, it's great. I, I like that. And I've done, like I said, I've done all the other ones. I mean, I, Myers-Briggs, I'm a, I'm a campaigner in Myers-Briggs. Um, Which one is that the, I couldn't remember if Myers-Briggs, is that the, like the, I'm a E-T-Y-J. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I did. I've done that. I can't remember what I am though. I think I'm, e, I think campaigners ENFP. I don't, you know, but I know I'm a campaigner. Um, somebody who like constantly brings new ideas and tries to create excitement sure. around, around them and those type of things. Right. Um, with, uh, with the disc assessment, very interesting. I'm, I'm high. Oh, I haven't done that. So disc is the, is, you know, dominant influencer, yep. steady, conscientious is the disc test. So in DISC, I'm high I, very high influencer, but towards the steady side, I'm towards the more conservative side. I'm not a, I'm not a driver, like I'm not a type A, which some people think is funny because I perform well. Um, so most people who perform well are kind of have that dominant personality. I don't, I'll, I'll seek consensus in those things, but I'm highly excited about the thing that I like. So I usually get my way because I yeah, influence. You can sell it, you can sell it. Yeah. Although yeah. I do like consensus, I'm, I'm the one bringing excitement behind a certain avenue that I think is important. And so people tend to just gravitate towards it. And we, we end up having consensus on the thing that I wanted anyway, without me having to be dominant about it, which is awesome. So, you know, I just, so these tests are always fun for me. Um, I, I love them, actually. I just, I really think they're cool. And we did some really great training at Milestone about how to work with other DISC people. So I like the idea of the audible for Kobe on like, how do we work with other yep. people? I, I find that we have some great planners on my team. And I think when you work within teams, this is very important to know how to work with the other folks, right? And we'll have a big pitch for an account and they'll have, you know, three, they'll have a, a round of emails and then a practice call and then a second practice call and then the pitch. So really we've probably done three to four meetings before we actually talk to the customer about practicing the meeting we're going to have with the customer. I and think for, for me, that's extremely painful um, because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the more I practice, the worse I get. Um, and that's how, that, yeah. And that's why it's painful for you and yeah. for others, they need to practice. For me, I like to be able, I like to be able to go in. So this is, well, I'll, I'll say two things about the preparation and I know we got to get this show wrapped up, but I'll say two things about the preparation. I feel like if you know the subject matter, for me anyway, if I know the subject matter, that's what I need to know. Like, I don't need to practice exactly how I want to say it, exactly what I want to say. And the reason being is I like to adapt to the people that I'm with. So if they have one concern or if they have a different viewpoint or they need a different level of knowledge on something, I like to be able to adapt to that on the fly as that happens in real time to the person that I'm with and not be stuck in kind of this canned track of like, well, I've practiced it this way. I've practiced saying these six things. My slides are set up to say these things. So I try to set up my visuals to be very general, just know yeah. the material back and forth, and then be able to shift chronologically through a presentation or um, the depth of the conversation around certain parts of the subject to be able to adapt that on the fly to the customer. And I feel like if I practice things, then I feel like I'm trying to get out things I wanted to say, even though yep. they're not relevant to the person that's in front of me at this point in time. See, what you should do is you should put word for word on your slideshow, what you're going to say and just read <laughs> and just read from it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. You know, there is, um, there, yeah. So, so what, do, what did we talk about? We got Myers Briggs. We have the Kobe index. We have the disc. Yep. And we have the, another one too that I've seen come up a lot is strength finders. Yep. I've done have that. You one see that? Yeah. And that, that's a, so, so 
I'm not going to point anyone in any direction, but I think speaking to self-awareness and if you need a bit of, I would say if you need a bit of self-awareness and maybe some realization of who you really are, I, I would commit to doing one of those and reading whatever material like accompanies that test to understand yourself. And if you're looking for something that I found really encouraging out of those, I would say Kobe, because I, I think the way the Kobe is done is it, it is really encouraging behind who you are. The other ones to me just kind of say, this is who you are, you know, take it or leave it. That's my, I yeah. am, I am, I am H O Mark. <laughs> H O on the Kobe index. Yeah. No, I am H O in my honest opinion. Oh, I am H O. I thought you were saying you were an no, H O. We were talking no, about no, being no, an I S and a D I and an innovator and an E N F P. Kobe's I numbers. I, I think I'm like a H-O. seven. And if you have done your Kobe index, um, post, I'd love to see people post, uh, you know, because once you do it, it's one of those things where you see in your, as soon as you see the results, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to have to do it. I can I'm gonna do it today. I'm going to do it today. Okay. Post it. I'm going to, oh. I'll post, I'll post mine. All right. All right. And if you're listening to AV Daybreak today and you have a Kobe index score, yep. post it. We'll drive some conversation around it. Well, awesome, man. We kind of just, we kind of just winged it today, but um, I think we, I think we brought some things full circle. So, you know, transferable skills, not waiting on the world, knowing who you are. Yep. Geez, we might have got a little deep. We might have got a little deep today. Yeah. For a show about nothing. AV deep break. <laughs> deep break. <laughs> well, hey everybody, awesome! Thanks for joining us. Um, sorry we couldn't get the the AV Twitter sensation Chris Netto on the show, but maybe we'll try another week. And uh, we thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week. 